Morning. Well, here we are, uh, just one week away from opening up our building, which is something we've been dreaming about for a really, really long time. Uh, so next Sunday, February 7th, will be a very special day in the history of Renovation Church. It'll be our first Sunday worshiping together in this building that God has provided for us. Uh, speaking of that, we are going to call next Sunday uh, Building Dedication a Sunday. Uh, that's because next week we want to uh, very intentionally uh, dedicate our building to God, to whom this building is from and uh, whom it's for. Uh, we're going to have three services on that opening Sunday, February 7th. So service times will be at 9 o'clock, 10.15, and 11.30. Uh, in a few days, we're going to send out a link uh, via social media, via our email list uh, to all of you and ask you to register for that service. And that's actually for everybody. It's not just kids. It's for if you're a single adult coming by yourself or you're a family with 24 kids, uh, everybody needs to register before they come. We're asking you to register. And that's uh, just for this Sunday, the February 7th. We're not going to uh, keep doing it, but that'll help us know how we can best spread out our services. And perhaps most importantly, it'll help us know if for some chance uh, we're full, that we need to add a fourth service. So obviously capacity is limited because of how many people we can fit in with social distancing. We can't just keep cramming people in. And so uh, we're going to ask people to register, not just your name, etc., before you come and help us spread things out. Uh, speaking of social distancing, uh, we will continue to do an excellent job uh, taking the right precautions uh, while we meet. I just want to talk about that a little bit because I know many of you are thinking about that. Uh, it is, the building is a public indoor space, so obviously masks will be required when you come. Uh, our rows in the worship center are spread out uh, six feet apart, so only half the chairs are out in that space, and we will spread households apart as well. And then because of the lower numbers in the adult service, because we can only fit half the amount of regular people in there, uh, kids' classes will be a little lower as well. They'll have about 10 kids uh, per class. Uh, even though it looks beautiful and we're excited to use it, uh, we won't be opening our cafe yet uh, for safety reasons, so you'll notice that uh, when you come in. Uh, another COVID uh, thing that's uh, worth mentioning is that our brand new building has excellent uh, ventilation technology. So if you're coming and you're a little bit on the fence, and you're a little bit nervous about it, uh, I want you to know that while we're committed to opening up and preaching the gospel, uh, we're also committed to your safety. Also, I know from talking with uh, a lot of our leaders and ministry leaders that the majority of you are coming back uh, this next Sunday on February 7th, but if you are waiting the next uh, month or two or three, however long it takes, until you get uh, vaccinated, I do want to let you know that for the time being, you still will be able to watch the service live online. And just a scheduling note, you might want to write this down and put it in your calendar. If you are going to be one of the people that are watching it live online at home, uh, we are going to broadcast live the 1015 service. So it won't be 10 o'clock uh, next week online. It'll be 1015. Uh, uh, this morning, as we uh, open up our Bibles, I want to look at a really simple verse. Uh, it's a verse that I'm just praying over our church right now, and I, I hope you will too. It's from the book of Acts, so if you want to follow along, uh, you can open up the New Testament. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then the book of Acts, or you can uh, go to our renovation app and tap on Bible and weekly verses. Uh, the book of Acts, uh, if you're unfamiliar with it in the New Testament, is the story basically of how the church got started after Jesus ascended uh, up, up to heaven. Uh, much of uh, the second half of the book of Acts focuses on the life of the Apostle Paul and his uh, missionary travels as he preached in different cities and started different churches. Uh, our verse from today, for today is from Acts chapter 14, uh, verse 21. Paul and his uh, friend Barnabas 
are kind of going around uh, preaching to different cities, which is technically now in modern-day Turkey, uh, and they're starting churches and preaching the gospel. Uh, the gospel, if you're unfamiliar with that word, is basically the good news that Jesus can save you. So they've just left the town of Lystra, and they've arrived at the city of Derby. And it's here in Derby that we get this powerful verse. So this is Acts chapter 14, verse 21. It says this, They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Really simple statement, but it's a good summary of Paul's ministry. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. A simple statement that you see often, actually, in the New Testament. You know, much of the New Testament is the story of people just going around to different cities. They're praying for that city. They're preaching the gospel in that city. And they're making disciples, followers of Jesus in that city. And that's, that's our vision for this city, the city that we're in, to boldly proclaim and preach the gospel, the good news that Jesus can save you, and win a large number of disciples out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light for the name of Jesus Christ. And so when we open up this building in seven days, we're going to preach the gospel and preach the gospel and preach the gospel. Now, I've been mentioning to you uh, for a while now that we believe uh, so strongly, even though we don't normally even talk like this, uh, we just believe that the Lord has so clearly told us as a church that when we open up the building, that we need to preach the gospel and at least whether it's two minutes or three minutes, give an invitation every week for people to accept Christ. And we're going to do that really for two reasons. Uh, number one, because we just so clearly, I believe with all my heart that the Lord has told us to do that, and we just need to obey. Uh, and secondly, uh, we just know there are going to be so many new people, unbelievers, seekers coming through our doors in the next uh, 12 months. And we want to just steward this season of the church's life really well. Uh, as I said to you a few months ago, and I just want to reiterate this seven days out, uh, my preaching is not going to change. So we're not going to open up this building and all of a sudden turn into a seeker-sensitive church. Uh, we're not going to water down scripture whatsoever. I mean, it's just so far from who we are, and that's not going to change. Uh, we're going to continue to boldly, unashamedly teach the scriptures as the word of God and offer salvation every week to people. Now, personally, I just don't think you see that combination very often in churches anymore. You know, many modern churches tend to just be one or the other. I mean, there's a lot of good Bible teaching churches nowadays where you get solid content, but it's like they never tend to speak to unbelievers, not offering salvation. And yet, on the other end of the spectrum, the churches that do a good job of speaking to non-believers, many times they water down the teaching of Scripture. And we just believe the Bible clearly calls us to challenge believers from the Word of God and offer salvation. And so we're going to do both. And for a season, maybe it's six months, maybe it's nine months, maybe it's 12 months, until whenever the Lord tells us to stop, we're going to every week offer an invitation at the end of the message for people to make a decision to commit their lives to Christ. So please, in this season, invite your friends, invite your family, invite your neighbors, invite your coworkers, invite your... Uh, dentist, invite your chiropractor, invite your mechanic, invite your servant, your servant, not your servant. <laughs> Do you have a servant? That's a, if you have a servant, invite them. That's the point. Everybody, right? Because listen, the gospel is just going to ring out from this place. Salvation and the message of it is going to ring out from this place. As verse 21 said, we're going to preach the gospel in this city and win a large number of disciples for Jesus Christ. 
We've kind of been talking, and maybe you haven't heard this yet, but I just really believe that the Lord is going to move majorly in two different waves over the next year. And the first wave of God's incredible movement starts on February 7th. So please bring your friends on February 7th. You don't need to wait. In fact, I think, I said this last week too, I think the opening of a church building might be the easiest invite you'll ever have as a Christian. Because when you invite someone into the opening to see a brand new building, it feels like we're all on the ground floor together. Like we're walking in and experiencing it for the first time together. People are less likely to feel like they're being invited in to your territory. Plus, we just know people in the community are incredibly interested in seeing it. Uh, even though we are opening up this building uh, during COVID, you know, during social distancing and all that, I don't even think that's necessarily a disadvantage. I mean, you tell me another time in the last 20 years when people on a whole have been more hurting than this in our culture. People are looking for answers right now for love, for hope, for forgiveness. Maybe now more than they have in generations in America. Now is the time for us to preach the gospel in this city and make disciples. And so many of you, you have friends who will come right now. In fact, who need to come right now, not later. Uh, But I believe February will only be the start of the first major wave of God's incredible movement through this church in 2021. And then uh, when COVID is over, when social distancing is over, and we can put in the other half of our chairs into that worship center, at that point, we're going to do a massive grand opening of the church. I'm talking billboards all over town, street signs on every corner. You can't scroll through social media without seeing it. And we'll invite, again, people to come and hear what God is doing. And we believe that's going to start sort of a second wave of God's incredible movement through this church in this year. And so some of you are coming next Sunday. Uh, Some of you won't be there yet for another few months. Some of your friends will totally come next Sunday and totally need to come next Sunday. Well, others of you, you have friends that they're not going to feel comfortable yet, but they will in a couple months. Either way, God is going to move, and we're going to preach the gospel in the city and win a large number of disciples for Jesus Christ. And so I want every one of you to be praying this week. If you're coming, who, who, who is the Lord whispering in your mind, in your heart to bring with you? Every single one of us should be asking that. This is just such a unique opportunity. And I want all of you to be thinking and praying about that over the next seven days. Okay, look again at our verse, Acts 14, 21. It says, they preach the gospel in that city and they want a large number of disciples. And I'm going to talk about that word. And the New Testament is really careful to emphasize the word disciples uh, even over above the word converts. So conversion, which is when you make a decision to accept Christ and the Holy Spirit comes in your life and changes you, that's the conversion. You are converted from an old creation to a new creation. That's super important, right? If it's genuine, incredibly important. That's why we're talking about it every single week for a while. But becoming a disciple, a lifelong follower of Jesus Christ, is the ultimate focus of the New Testament. In fact, the word disciple in the New Testament is used 297 times. The word convert is used eight. And so our aim as a church, it's not just to get people to stand up and accept Christ, you know, put a number on a piece of paper, clap, and move on. 
that's not our focus. That's just the very beginning of something, right? A really important beginning, but it's an important beginning of helping them begin to start a thriving relationship with Jesus. And most importantly, begin to become and learn how to become a lifelong disciple and follower of Jesus. I want to take you back to the Great Commission. You remember the Great Commission? The Great Commission is this really important three verses. Some people shrink it to one or two, but it's a few verses at the end of the book of Matthew, right before Jesus ascends to heaven. He gives these really important words, and you may know them, but sometimes I think we miss some of the words in there. So this is Matthew 28, verse 19. Jesus says, therefore go and make, not converts, disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And look at this, here's bolded here, teaching them to obey. This is a lifetime of discipleship. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So let me tell you one of the ways, church, that we're going to make disciples over the next 12 months. And so we're expecting a lot, a lot, a lot of people to stand up over the next 52 weeks or so and give their lives to Christ. And when they do that, as a church, we will immediately follow up with them, uh, even before the service is over, and begin discipleship. And we'll hand them a Bible, we'll show them where to read in the Bible, talk about some key next steps to following Jesus. All that happens before they even leave the premises. But here's, here's a different, here's something new that we're going to do to just take discipleship to the next level because we think we're going to have so many people deciding to follow Jesus in the next year. In this next year, if you bring a friend, a family member, a coworker, and your friend stands up and accepts Christ, your friend is then going to go through an eight-week discipleship curriculum that we created at our church about how to follow Jesus. And it'll cover all the key things that they need to really get started in their relationship with God. Like, how do you begin to start to read the Bible? Why community is really important? How do you begin to pray as a new believer? And they're going to do that once a week for 30 minutes for eight weeks. And they're going to go through the curriculum with you. No worries. There's no need to panic. We are going to walk you through every step of the way. It's really as simple as just reading a curriculum with them, reading the Bible with them, and talking with them. Let me tell you something. I think this is something that we need to learn. This is something the American church needs to learn from the church of history and also even from the global church. The church movements that are absolutely exploding right now, particularly in Africa, in in Asia, are movements where they are preaching the gospel and making disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Uh, This summer, Uh, Pastor Josh and I uh, got an opportunity to meet with uh, one of my all-time heroes, uh, David Nelms, who is the uh, leader and founder of the Timothy Initiative, which is a a group that our church supports, actually. Uh, Part of the money that you give in your offering goes to the Timothy Initiative. In fact, our church helps the Timothy Initiative start not one, but two international churches every single month through your giving. Uh, If you're new around here, you've never heard of the Timothy Initiative. Basically, it's this group. They start churches overseas, uh, small churches, churches of like 20 or 30. They meet in in a little house or under a mango tree, and they have an incredible discipleship movement. So in every church of 20, they're discipling the new believers, and they disciple at least one of the new believers, one of the 20, to go start another church, to be a church planter. 
one of 20. And then he goes and starts another church and disciples 20 people, but picks one of them to go start another church. And in 15 years, just 15 years, the Timothy Initiative has started over 84,000 churches, and they have led over one and a half million people to Christ. That is insane. That is miraculous. That is a movement of God. And so Pastor Josh and I had this opportunity. We're sitting across from the guy who started this whole movement, uh, David Nelms, and I'm just feverishly taking notes. Like, I honestly should have re- put, recorded the conversation to everything he said. And as he was talking to us, he began to tell us a story of uh, something that he saw when he was in Myanmar in Asia a couple of years ago. He said they visited this church. It was The church was actually kind of a larger church for, for their movement. And they had a large number of uh, new disciples in it. And they said, hey, we're so happy that you're here. You know, it's kind of a special guy, started the movement. And they said, we, so we want to show you something. We're going to have 14 people go up front and talk. So he's sitting there kind of watching it all unfold. And 13 people walk to the front of the church. And they stand in one long line. And the first in the line begins to talk. And he begins to describe his past life. And I'll, I'll spare you the details uh, due to the age of our audience. But let's just say his past life was, was not admirable. And then the man began to tell how the pastor told him about Jesus Christ and how he became a Christian. Well, then the second person in the line starts to talk. And the second person in the line tells of how the first person in the line told him about Jesus. And then the third person in line begins to talk. And the third person began to talk about how the second person told her about Jesus. And then the fourth person talked about how the third person told her about Jesus. And down they went, 13 people each a different person told about Jesus by the person in front of them. And they finished, and someone was bold enough to say, <laughs> this is ridiculous, I thought you said there was 14. And the pastor said, there are, but the 14th person is still out back getting baptized. You know what that is? That is making a disciple who makes disciples, who makes disciples, who makes disciples, who makes disciples, who makes disciples. You know what that is? That's exponential. That's how you have one and a half million disciples in 15 years. But you can't do that in the way that we do church in the American church, right? Because so much of it is just come and hear one person. But church long-term, if we're going to have an exponential impact, we've got to learn to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. We change the world when working together. Now, I don't want you to think I'm contradicting myself. Because there's really two things that are happening in our church over this next year or two, and they're both going to be happening concurrently. So we know that when you open up a brand new, beautiful building, contextually, this is our suburban America is our mission field. And in suburban America, when you open up a beautiful, brand new building, people are going to come. And so we know that it's necessary for us to put extra emphasis on the public proclamation of the gospel on Sunday mornings at church. And I think that's wise. You know, I I would say that's evangelistically smart. So we're going to put a lot of emphasis on preaching of the gospel from the stage at church on a Sunday morning. However, it is just as important. If we're going to start an exponential movement here, it's just as important, especially long-term, that we're all sharing the gospel. Remember, we've been saying this for years. Our building, it's just a tool. It's not the answer. It's just a tool. Long term, it's not even the magnet. It's just what allows us to have more space for all of the disciples that we're going to make. And so my prayer is, is that over the next coming months, 
the next six months, the next 12 months, as you get to watch with your own eyes, person after person after person come to Christ, get baptized, and you get to watch your friends, your mother, your coworker, your brother come to Christ, get baptized, and you get a front row seat to them being discipled because you're doing it and you're seeing just the joy of a new believer exuding from them and you get to see that change and you get to see that now all of a sudden they're talking to other people about Jesus. I pray that that spurs you on to begin sharing your faith as well. To be a disciple who makes disciples who makes disciples. And church, may it be said of us, may it be said of Renovation Church that they preach the gospel in this city and they won a large number of disciples from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light for the glory of Jesus Christ. May that be said of us. Let me pray. Jesus, we just pray so much uh, for next week, seven days, God. Would you just do the miraculous in our church? God, would you blow our minds? Would you blow our expectations, God? Do more than we can imagine, immeasurably more. God, that's what we ask. There are so many people in this city and beyond that need you. They need your saving grace, God. Use us. Here we are, Lord. Send us. Use us. May your name be glorified. It's your name we pray.